Hello, and welcome to the AMSSM CMO Corner Podcast. I'm Dr. Jim McDonald, and our guest on this episode is Dr. Margot Patukian, a past president of AMSSM and the chief medical officer of Major League Soccer. Our conversation took place in July of 2020, just days before the start of the MLS's Back Tournament in Orlando, Florida, and we talked about her role as CMO in this unique season, the most rewarding parts of her position, and much more. What's your current job right now, Dr. Patuki? What are you doing that's keeping you so busy? Well, I have two jobs. So my real, my day job is um, the director of athletic medicine at Princeton. I'm one of the team physicians there, uh, head team physician there. And and that's still my full-time job. Yeah. Um, yeah. I am a consultant to uh, Major League Soccer. I've been working with them for several years and um, just a year, it'll be two years in November, but uh, I was named the chief medical officer. Congratulations, so I, two years ago November. Two year, This coming November will be two years as the CMO. Prior to that, I was uh, a medical consultant for, for uh, a few years. Wow, okay. So, so you, you're the chief medical officer now, Major League Soccer. Yes. And um, I, I actually want to get back to the Princeton thing too, because I can only imagine that would be its own unbelievable job this summer with the COVID epidemic. But yeah, uh, really, you know, challenging for our student athletes, and um, we uh, we just actually got word on what will what the what the university is going to do for our students today. Mm, so mm. yeah, definitely a little bit challenging for our student athletes. Yeah, I have, a, I have a good friend whose daughter was a senior track runner and was really excited about the season this spring and. It was over before it started, as you know, and uh, it would be very interesting to see how all the universities navigate this coming up. But I have a good friend who's the the medical physician at Bennington College and just hearing his travails this summer of how much work he's had to do during what normally is sort of a little bit of a slow time is uh, extraordinary. But now on top of this, you've been (laughs) juggling, juggling chief medical officer of a of a totally wacky season, right? So, so yeah. what does MLS the season look look like? Like, where is it happening? What are the dates? What what does it look like right. the season? Well, you know, we had just started. Uh, we had actually gotten some games underway, and uh, and then the pandemic hit hard, and we had to shut down just like every other professional league. Um, and with that, you know, obviously came a time of trying to figure out what's COVID, what, what are we doing? And then subsequent to that, we were trying to figure out a plan, just mm-hmm. again, like every other professional league in terms of bringing sport back and what does it look like and trying to look at what, you know, the, what they're doing in, in Europe, you know, yes. with the Bundesliga and English Premier and, um, and what, what would make sense for, for us and our sport here in the United States. So, um, again, very similar to other professional leagues, and, and I'll comment that um, I have a, a, a weekly call with the, the CMOs from the other leagues, and and again, many of them are are, are AMSSM members, you know, with uh, John DeFiori from the NBA and right. Gary Green from uh, Major League Baseball, Alan Sills from the uh, MLB and NA, NFL, uh, respectively. And, you know, we've really been working together collaboratively and um, sharing ideas, sharing thoughts, uh, sharing, you know, what are you guys doing with this? What are you guys doing with that? And 
our protocol, we actually wrote up a, a combined protocol that we that we worked on and, and shared with our respective commissioners and our ID experts for each league and sent it to the CDC and got some edits from them and hmm. sent it also um, to the White House after the White House actually uh, invited us to have a conversation. So we've been doing a lot of that. But I mean, as you know, with professional sports, a lot of times the medical is not necessarily the ones making the decisions in terms of what you do. And so the initial plan was to have a tournament where we would move down to Orlando, be in a bubble, have a 14 day quarantine there where individuals would have, um, you know, individual training. And that was, uh, not received well, it was going to be probably, I think 65 days and it was not received, uh, as, as you might expect, uh, well, and so we, we moved to the format that we currently are trying to implement, and it's had its challenges just uh, based on where COVID is, not so much in Florida, believe it or not, but where COVID, what's going on with COVID around the, around the country. I see. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I do think that the, the environment that we've created in, um, in Orlando is, is actually quite safe. And I just came back from being down there, and I, I felt very safe in the environment, just based on the the assessments that we're doing, you know, temperature checks and um, a questionnaire that's done on a daily basis for everybody, mm-hmm. um, and then checking temperatures and and then rigorous testing, rigorous testing. So that environment is actually, you know, quite quite safe. And I think uh, the air, the issues have just been that, you know, everyone's coming from different places yeah. like like Dallas and um, and the like where we've been experiencing an uptick in COVID in those locations. Your, is, is it do I have my facts right that MLS is taking place at ESPN Wide World of Sports at Disney yep. World? Yeah. Yes. And yep. forgive, is that where is the NBA taking place? Do you know? By any chance? Uh, they're, ha- they're they're doing wild water sports as well. I Is don't it? know what hotel they're 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 staying in. Wow. We actually are the only people at the Swan and the Dolphin. And you remember, I, yeah. you know, our AMSSM meeting was uh, was just there, and um, it was surreal when I went down and uh, you know walked into this hotel and there's nobody there, nobody there. And then you know now it's players and teams that are there, but not much else. And Pretty impressive in terms of the, you know, we partnered with a lab. They have about probably 150 people there. We're able to put a team through the, you know, NP PCR testing mm-hmm. in 50 people in a team delegation in about 15 minutes. So uh, it's pretty impressive. And then uh, they have, uh, we partnered with a, an app so that the players have, uh, questionnaire that they complete and, and they take their temperature and they report that that information goes through and and uh, integrates with the with the lab results and uh, the athletic trainers are are basically are <laughs> they're so important yeah. they're doing a lot um, because again most of our doctors are, do- are not down here doctors will come down when we start having games um, but the athletic trainers are are a rock and they are the ones that, you know, if there's a positive test or if there's somebody that reports a fever, uh, you know, they they end up getting uh, alerted through this app. Mm-hmm. 
So it's pretty impressive, and we'll see. We've had some, we've had our share of issues, as I imagine most of our uh, anyone that's interested in soccer will have seen that. You know, there there are some issues that we've been having with the uh, beginning of the tournament. But we, you know, literally have had. Uh, we're hoping to have 54 matches um, in the tournament. Where, you know, thus far we've had. I think I'll give you the July 4th totals. I don't. I in terms of. Uh, you know, we've had about 2.3% of our players test positive, mm. or 150. So I, I think those numbers are, you know, pretty reasonable compared to some of the others that have been out there in yeah. terms of other professional sport. Do you ever, forgive me, does MLS have a lot of players coming from overseas? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know the numbers, but it's... Uh, it's a pretty diverse. There's a lot of diversity within the within the league in terms of the players and the staff. So most everything that we do, we have to put in, you know, English, French, Spanish. You know, we all, all are always having to find translators for for all the different, uh, you know, the diversity that we have. If, if most of the players been on board, or and or have have some not, uh, maybe I'm thinking also coming from certain countries, not been allowed to come, or pretty much all the teams going to be there as as they were configured back say in March when the season started. Yeah, most of our players are here. We've had probably 10 to 12 that had to had to get in and and or um, you know, had to quarantine when they were mm-hmm. to get back into their market prior to coming to Orlando. But you know, and I don't know the the true sense of uh, what's going on with the players. I think obviously we've had some cases and then social media takes off and so there's certainly, I mean, these are young people that are, you know, some of them are immortal and, mm-hmm. you know, don't, they're risk takers and others are apprehensive and some are older and have kids and families and, you know, so there's a, the full gamut and it, I think it's probably similar to what we're seeing at the, the collegiate level and, you know, with other elite sports is just there's a, a whole gamut of, of situations. And the hope is for them to stay on campus for the entirety of the month or so of the tournament? We've tried to create a, a little bit of a protected environment where, you know, before coming down, individuals have to, everybody has to get tested twice, We're 24 hours apart, three tests within 72 hours of their travel. Um, they uh, arrive and they have to get tested again. Um, they're in quarantine until they get that test result back. Uh, and then there's a cadence of testing that's, that's uh, every other day, although once someone is tested positive, we're basically switching to testing every day mm-hmm. for the first seven days or whatnot. So uh, there's a you know aggressive cadence of testing. There's uh, all the health hygiene measures that you could think of um, are in place in terms of limiting the number of people in elevators and and the, the screening and the and the temperature checks, et, et cetera. And we actually have our own little uh, triage set up for if an individual does test positive or is not feeling well there's you know we're trying to integrate them with our with our the club chief medical officers so um, many of whom are AMSSM members so we're we're trying to have them as involved as we can from Mm -hmm. from afar they're still the ones that are making all the return to play decisions um, for individuals that have tested positive or individuals that have uh, other issues that, you know, we've had, we've had an appendicitis, we've had uh, a couple of heat issues, we've had uh, anaphylaxis today. Um, So, 
allergic reaction with uh, yeah. anaphylaxis. So, you know, we've had our caveat. We had, I think, we had two concussions in practice today, yeah. and it's kind of like a World Cup, right? You yeah. got twenty. You know, eventually, not all the teams are here, but in the next few days, everyone will be here. We'll have twenty-six teams here. It's funny when I was listening to you talk about that because I was thinking, yeah, of course, normal injuries, normal sports medicine goes on while this novel coronavirus sort of sucks the oxygen out of the conversation. Uh, but, you know, for all yeah. the, the the other stuff that we do, it, it, it put me in mind. I just wanted to circle back and I don't know if you're able to answer this question right now with coronavirus, like just staring us in the face. But going back to you've been CMO coming this November for two years. Mm -hmm. Prior to the coronavirus, if I said to you, were like, what might be the most challenging and rewarding aspects of your position as a CMO of a major, yeah. uh, of, a, of a professional league like MLS? Well, you know what? This is kind of, <laughs> for anyone that knows me, this is a, a labor of love in the sense that, uh, you know, I sort of probably for a significant part of my life identified more as an athlete than anything and a soccer player in particular. Mm -hmm. And so I've been involved with, uh, with soccer, U S soccer since literally, um, when I finished my fellowship, I, my, mm -hmm. my fellowship project was, um, to do some research on injury on injury in indoor soccer. Mm -hmm. And I presented, um, my, my research at a conference and one of the U.S. soccer doctors was there, so I basically introduced myself to him, and and um, they they needed somebody to cover a um, a five day trip in Honduras uh, in ten days. So mm. I called my boss and said, "Can I do this?" And um, so I started working with U.S. soccer, and um, I've been you know fortunate to have uh, a good experience as a team physician at Penn State for 11 years, and then came to Princeton in 2004. Um, you know, I've worked with uh, the NCAA and the Competitive Safeguards Committee, had some roles as um, in terms of research and have interests, as you know, in terms of concussion. And, yeah. um, you know, I'm an internist. I've always liked cardiology. That's a certain area of, of interest as well. And then more recently, mental health. And so, to some extent, you know, I think uh, when I interviewed for the job as a medical consultant, it was, you know, I've, I've certainly had a commitment to the sport. A lot of my research has been in soccer, but I, I, I kind of felt like the primary care sports medicine um, package that that I kind of brought to the table was one that would would uh, serve the league well in terms of having some expertise in in a lot of those areas that um, I think. Uh, all of us as primary care physicians yeah. serve well, right? And yeah. then, you know, when when I, um, you know, initially the the major things that we were thinking about uh, when I was asked to be take on the role as CMO, the, you know, concussion, cardiac were the two right. main things that we would deal with. But my ask actually was, you know, I I, I think what one additional consultant that we should consider is infectious disease. Mm. <laughs> you know, over the course of my first year, we had um, three different situations that were all infectious disease related where, you know, I know I'm an internist, but it's just like a little bit out of my, you know, my wheelhouse. And so we had like um, we had the plague and prairie dog <laughs> plague and we had, right? <laughs> and we had just, you know, a couple of weird things that yeah. were, you know, having to tap into the departments of health in the areas where they occurred. Um, but, uh, then when this happened, it, it, 
that obviously uh, has taken us all by mm. storm. We're learning. Um, we've, we've had our first situation where we've, we made the decision based on the expertise that our sports cardiologists uh, mm, yeah. around the country provided us as it relates to COVID and cardiac. And so we made the decision, I, I think, as all of the leagues have, uh, to, you know, if there's an individual that tests positive, we make the decision to do the EKG echo and a high sensitivity troponin. Yeah. And um, we've had our first case where we've um, had an individual when they had their echocardiogram, even though they're asymptomatic, um, had a 10% decrease. And then when we followed that up with an MRI, had an EF of um, in the 40s. So, um, you know, we're learning. Yeah. And uh, the other thing that we're learning that I don't think I've ever seen uh, is and I wish the, the testing platform and the performance of the tests were, were a little bit better. We've had a, a, a lot of individuals test, you know, positive, then negative, then positive, then negative, and, and they don't make any sense, right? Yeah. And so that's been a, an area where uh, it's just, you know, and if you think about it, what other situation would you ever continue to do testing on people? You know, it's like when you make yeah. the diagnosis of, of a disease, it's like, all right, we're done. We have our answer. And you don't continue to test them. Uh, we're learning. We're learning. We're learning that, too. There's an extraordinary intellectual challenge, among other things, that this that this poses, this novel virus. And I mean, if it's almost like if we were all getting sort of complacent about ah concussions, oh, you know, whatever, it always kind of they're like sifting through the the fine details of a very important issue but but like my god this has just exploded so much i mean and yeah. as you're as you're touching on I, i'm aware in my own smaller world like anticipating having to deal with lots of cardiac clearance this fall and in our hospital system partnering with ohio state university across town where we right. developed a protocol like these are the people we're yeah. heading off to cardiac mri these are the people we're gonna yeah stick with just echo you know we've got a right. whole thing going and it's um it's and, and, it, and it was run through by the guy named kurt daniels the cardiologist through an irb so it's already ready made to turn into research you know to be yeah. reporting as we go along to to see what are the best practices it's fascinating that's exactly what um you know we we have an irb in yeah. in as well and and again, you know, we're we're learning, and hopefully, we'll be able to help everybody else. Um, and I think that's what we're thinking as it relates to uh, all the professional leagues. And you know, I think uh, that that collective, you know, it, it's our best effort, right? So yeah. no one's yeah. saying that no one's saying that we know any more than anybody else. I certainly don't, but um, I do think that it's our our best effort to put something together. I mean, MLS is uh, they're they're. It's a fantastic organization. Um, part of the reason I, I, I work so hard is just uh, the incredible, I mean, the commissioner is amazing. A lot of the executives, I've, I've just never seen so many people so so passionate about what they do. And, you know, literally the commissioner will, will say, like, if we need to shut this down, we'll shut it down. Um, you know, safety is our, our number one thing. It's not about, it's not about making money. It's really our, our the health of, and safety of our players and our staff comes first. So, I mean, it makes it easy to work uh, with others in that organization. And, you know, um, we're in, a, in a, our medical staff. We have two, you know, one uh, one guy, former former player, Jeff Agus, is, uh, you know, leads our, our department at, 
again, as I'm a consultant, um, and he is um, unflappable. Mm-hmm. And then we have a couple of athletic trainers. We have a, a PTAT, John Gallucci, who helps me out. Um, but, you know, Natalie, Kyle, Joe, the others that are, are working in our medical group, they're working really hard. Um, so it's, it's a, you know, it takes a team and yeah. we're doing the best we can. Well, we're, honestly, I do hope that we all see each other in San Diego at AMSSM. I know that's <clears throat> it's not a foregone conclusion the way this thing is going, but I, it, you know, I guess even if it is virtual, I, I'm really looking forward to hearing um, more about these stories. And as we learn more about this, looking forward to some of those, you know, some of that data that's coming from MLS, right. NBA, et yep. cetera, et cetera, to be. It'll be great, and I'm sure you're going to be at the forefront of some of those those talks. So, well, I'd love to get back to. It would be nice to be getting, to to get back to some of the other things that we yeah, I think we do yeah. a good job of. Like, I mean, again, we wouldn't have picked up on this cardiac issue if it weren't for the fact that yeah, yeah. Uh, we do we have a baseline we have baseline you know echoes that we do, and so we wouldn't have yeah. picked that up. And then, you know, our, our concussion program, and uh, we you know we have a spotter program for that, and. We review the matches, you know, weekly to sort of sort out um, uh, what are the the observable signs for concussion, and you know, we we think we're doing a, a lot of really good things in the league, and it would be refreshing to be able to get back to some sort of normalcy. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time. You've been a, it's you've been a champ uh, working with me on coordinating this, and I, I know you've just had <laughs> so many balls in the air. So thanks, thanks so much, Margo. You can find the full transcript of this conversation in the Sideline Report newsletter on the AMSSM website. Thank you for listening, and we hope you will join us for the next episode of the CMO Corner Podcast.